Hey guys, welcome back to the Fitness and Friends podcast. We continue our journey in tackling six fears. If you're behind on an episode, make sure to revisit episode eight on how to tackle the fear of losing someone you love. Today we are tackling another fear, which is in everyone's mind in the moment. And that is the fear of poverty. Today, Coach James is smashing this topic with us today, so hope you guys enjoy. Prior to starting this episode, guys, first you have to ask yourself these questions. What would I still have if I had no money in the bank account? List them out real quick. For me, I would still have my family, my friends, my real friends, my health. So if I had zero dollars to my name, I would still be happy because I have all these things. Uh, When you value these simple things, guys, that you already have, the desire to have more is just extra. So if you put value on everything you currently have, and then value on everything you then receive after, you just become more grateful, more thankful overall. And the desire to want more things just becomes less and less. Practice this at every stage of your financial progress, and it will give you a great direction towards more financial freedom. Remind yourself about all the good things you have daily. And when you have that down, Try integrating some of these basic finance habits that James is about to drop, and then doing so will bring you closer to conquering this fear of poverty. Welcome back, James. Hey, Royce. How's it going? Chilling. Good. All right, so today I really wanted to bring... We, we, we had a talk just actually yesterday about this. Uh, about your experience the past three weeks because you have a very unique experience on what's happening in the moment and the clients that you're dealing with. Can you share your past, what is it, two weeks? Two weeks experience? Two, three weeks. From from this crisis? So um, this crisis has uh, been a health crisis for a lot of people. You know, we've been looking at the health side of things, but um, for me, from my side, being a financial advisor, we're realizing this is turning into a financial crisis for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing what I do, helping people to navigate really tough times, being prepared, I had felt like I was scrambling to help people even more You know, during these tough times. Right. And it was creating a moment for me where it was also you know, stressful because you know people are in these tough times and you want to help them. You want to do so much for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had our conversation yesterday and it was, hey, sometimes you just can't help when we're already in it. Right. Um, what can we do now? And, and I think that was the conversation that we had yesterday. And I think it's a really important one because we're in it. You know, there's nothing we can do to go back. Right. But what can we do from this moment forward that's going to help us to prevent this next health crisis from becoming a financial crisis to us personally? So that's really what um, I want to talk about and I want to approach. And um, that's what we want to get into today. Very cool. So we started talking about these things and we were bouncing off ideas and we we're like, man, what, what would be our th- couple law, four laws, five laws that can possibly prevent this from happening again? And we've kind of come up with a couple. Can you share uh, your first one? Yeah. So the first one um, is building a plan um, to start saving. Um, and like you always mention, um, building a plan to save a percentage 
every month of every dollar you make. Yeah. So you make $1,000 a month, plan to save 10%. That's the goal. That's what you want to approach. And every month set something up systematically where it just goes into an emergency savings, whether it's a home savings where you're looking to buy a house, um, or if it's something that you and your family take a vacation every year, start saving to it. But you need to save every month and you need to constantly be doing it. Very cool. Okay, so what would you recommend as far as savings? Should I save for one month? Should I save for two months? What's Coach James' recommendation here? I always say uh, save for three months. And three months is a good number, um, but I want you to think about it this way. Save for the worst case scenario. Okay. What's the worst thing that can happen for you? Could you lose your job or would a family member get sick? And would you have to take care of them right. if your child was sick? Um, so that's where that three-month window comes in. A lot of us are getting ready to experience something where it yeah. may feel like 30 days, but we've been in it for two or three weeks already. Right. So it could be another 30 days from then, which hey, that's closer to two months. Right. When you cap the emergency fund for three months, six months, whatever the person wants to do, what's next? After you have that, those three months in savings, you're sitting there and you're saving monthly and things are feeling comfortable for you, um, now you have to get your money to start working for you. Uh, a lot of people work really hard for every dollar that they earn, but now you have to get those dollars to start working just as hard for you. Uh, whether it's investing them in the market or investing them in yourself or investing them in your children or your family, but you have to now have your funds start to work for you. Uh, when I think about investing in the market, um, this could be traditional investments, that whether it's your personal IRAs or something alternate. But now you have to get your money to do more than just sit there. Um, we described it as don't quarantine your cash. Right. Um, so I think about this is a perfect time to, to have that as a comment because you quarantine your cash because you're afraid that you may not get any more. Mm -hmm. You're afraid that you may not be able to feed your family. So you hold on to things so dearly, mm -hmm. but you miss an opportunity to invest because right. you're afraid. Right. So I, I wanted to unpack the investment opportunity that you were just discussing. Is there is there like a, a goal to... A num an investment goal that you recommend people try to strive for? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the number one goal, and I think we can all uh, have a numerical number on this, is um, covering your essential expenses with a form of revenue that just doesn't end, a recurring investment. Um, so I think about most of us, we have our mortgage, right. um, our home expenses, whether it's a car, we all know how much those things are, and those things aren't going away. Um, but when I think about investing for a long term is what can I get, uh, what can I invest in that will allow me at the end of the year to pay all of my bills without having to leave my house? That is a crucial point that I can get to. You feel comfortable. You wake up better. You can go to bed you know, feeling better. But knowing your bills are paid is a really great comfort for a lot of people to have. How cool is that? So I think my mortgage is very similar to, to most, uh, somewhere around $1,000. Um, 
as far as my mortgage. Um, what would that number look like at the very at the end or at the investment end? That's the interest is essentially paying my mortgage. What is it? Do you have a number for that? Yeah. So I would think about, and it's a very round number, but if your mortgage is a thousand dollars a month, uh-huh. think about twelve thousand dollars a year. You would want to have uh, enough of an investment yeah. that it allows you to pay yourself about 10%. And, okay. and that's a very um, round number. Is that a high number or is that, that like a moderate? That's a moderate number. Okay. Uh, I, I think about, you know, on average, um, things in the market yield 7 to 10%. Okay. But 10% is a good number to live by. And I think about, hey, you want to have some type of investment between... Hundred, hundred and thirty thousand dollars diversified. Diversified. Right. Okay. It's going to allow you to pull down where it pays you right. that twelve thousand dollars a year. And every year, you're going to get this amount that comes into your bank account from your investments. And you don't have to worry about it. You know they're there. You know they're not going to change. So you look at your bank account. My mortgage has been paid. Man, that's a good feeling. Next month, the same deal. I know my mortgage is going to be paid because of all the saving I've done in preparation for this moment. I built up my recurring you know, income right. to the point where I don't have to worry about it anymore. So you're telling me I can stay home in a quarantine and still make $1,000 a month if I have that much, theoretically, in my investment account. Absolutely. A lot of people will think about it like... You can build your own pension. Right. If you save and invest, mm-hmm. you can have your investment structured that will allow you to just earn income and pay yourself a pension. You can create your own retirement if you do it right. Now, I also want to say this is out of the 100 people that you, that we, that you talk to normally, how many people do you think actually do these things out of the 100 Mm, that would be, um, I'm going to say it's it's a tough number. It's a tough number to hear for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I will say maybe 10, 20% maybe yeah. save systematically what they have yeah. and invest properly. Uh, and that's a staggering number because that means 80% of us aren't doing it the way we should right. that would better our own lives. So that's scary to hear sometimes, right? And then especially you see, if you're yeah, that person. I agree. You know, you're starting to see eight out of the ten people that are panicking at this moment because they're not quite equipped for this, or they or they just haven't had the time to to learn from this crisis. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to move on to the next law. I think it's a, a really really cool one. That's aside from in, in making money. Um, what, what, what is this? Can you, can you tell me first your fourth, James's fourth law and then kind of unpack it for me? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the next one's going to be increasing your own personal dollar value. It's what you're worth, what's your time worth. Um, and this is something where we all, I think sometimes get stagnant at what we're doing, you know, whether it's been what we've been doing for 10 years or 20 years or since we got out of college um, but this is a perfect opportunity to take a step back and say, what can I do right now? 
And I think this is a really important one because it allows you to increase your own net worth by investing yourself with your own education. And this can be formal education, uh, whether it's signing up for you know, Phoenix Online or some type of graduate course. Or you can use, um, whether it's a book, you know, a podcast, there's so many articles, there's so much information in the day we live in uh-huh. that you can spend the entire day reading on a subject matter that interests you, that's important to you, but it's also going to allow you to be uh, worth more at the end of all of this because this will end. Yeah. We will all move on. Right. But can you prepare yourself for the opportunity that's going to be presenting itself at the end of this? Right. That's going to be creating your own luck. And I take this as an opportunity to get smarter, to learn more. Um, this is a great time to learn about your own personal finances right. and how it works. So this doesn't happen to you in another event. Right. So you're increasing your own dollar value. And then in return, that 10% just gets larger. And I can see how this can compound. And then all of a sudden, you have financial freedom and you're prepared for a crisis like this. Absolutely. I, I think about, um, there's a quote, and it was a uh, Roman philosopher. Um, but mm-hmm. I think we've all heard it, but we, don't, we didn't understand how far it went back. Yeah. Uh, but I believe I looked it up, and it was from 53 B.C. And this is how okay. far back this goes. And it was, says, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And that is okay. such my favorite quote because a lot of times we feel like, oh, man, we're so unlucky. Okay. This is always bad luck for me. But if you are prepared for something when it's a, a bad oppor- it's a bad luck opportunity for certain people. Yeah, it's good luck for you because you've been preparing for this for the last 10, 12 years, three months, five months, however long you've been preparing, you're setting yourself up for good luck. How, how incredible is that? I like that one. So on, on the other side of this, we're, we're, we're in this situation where people are, are in, in frantic mode they're financially in crisis. What are some things that you notice that people are doing uh, or, or taking away because they're financially impacted in a negative way? I think um, a lot of things happen. Um, the way you eat changes. Um, the way you shop changes. Can you explain the, the eating thing? Yeah. What do you mean by that? So sometimes you eat things differently um, because you're a little financially strapped. Okay. Uh, you can't afford sometimes to buy all the things that you really wanted to. Like, um, like healthier options? Like healthier options. Okay. So sometimes people feel like, hey, they, they don't eat as healthy because they're in crisis mode. Because right. you're in this flight or flight mode where I just got to eat. I don't right. care what it is. Right. But I feel like this is the most important time to eat healthy. Right. To keep your senses and keep stay healthy at the same time. How cool is that? James, what do you think about um, exercise and sleep? Oh, man. The, especially times like this. It's one of the most important things you can do. Um, exercise is one where it's going to allow you to stay normal and stay healthy. Um, but sleep. Um, yeah. In our normal daily lives, that's probably the most backburner thing. Um, for all of us, you know, how little we sleep. Um, but I think now it's even more important because, you know, six to eight hours of sleep, oh, that's a minimum. 
Right. I know for myself, working at home, um, it's easier to work from home. Yeah. So you wake up earlier sometimes, and you work later sometimes, and wow. you put your health on the back burner, and yeah. then you run yourself down by the end of the week, and you're trying to figure out, like, why am I so tired? Yeah. Well, you've been working 18 hours a day and sleeping much less. No wonder you feel like this. So having to put those things uh, back at the top of the list, resting so you can work, so you can take yeah. care of your body, so you can take care of your family, no matter where it's from, it's important. How cool is that? So you think the fear of poverty is, is actually resulting in less sleep. Um, people are putting their nutrition on the back burner. Um, and then also a lot of times they probably don't even exercise. They're just in panic mode that they're just, you know what? I'm just going to curl up into a ball, watch the news all day and never sleep. You have that stress. So you don't focus on your sleep. So while you're stressed, all you're thinking about is all the things that you can't control and it doesn't help at all. Well, James, thank you for for hanging out with us again. I'm sure we'll hear from you. Thanks for us.